What's up, Draft Vice? Sorry, Quinn's not here. We know you love him. Uh, but I am back with our guest host again, Shane McMurdo. What's so- up? What's up? Hopefully that's... I'm dealing with some allergies today, guys. I'm not from New Jersey. You guys are trying to kill me, but I'm going to do my best. And today we're talking about the NFC North. And we're going to start right off with the Green Bay Packers. And first-round pick, Rashawn Gary, man. That was a that was an interesting one. That was not one that was typically connected with them. Big athletic dude, but didn't have a lot of production in college. Yeah, he was um, more of a specimen, like, athletically. Dude's a freak. Yeah. Dude is a – and I don't mean that in a mean way. Don't come find me, Rashawn. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. And if you do come find him, remember. Sign, I, I'll, I'll get an autograph. Bring an autograph. This is my favorite pick of the draft. If you ever find <laughs> Not really, but like, just remember me saying that. Yeah, right. But um, no, like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of people were saying that he was like a big gamble. Not, yes. not just for the Packers, but for anybody to go that early. Oh, especially at 12? Like, I I think a lot of people had him more in the 40s and 50s range. There were some teams that had – probably had – it was weird because if you liked his athleticism, I'm sure coaches would love this guy because you're like, dude, look what I can do with this thing. Look what I can do with this guy. Um, I think he was actually better when he rushed at three ten technique than when he ran uh, when he rushed as an edge rusher because he doesn't have a lot of lateral quickness. Dude's bull rush, though, and just, like, pure athleticism – He's got a good bend. Yeah. Not, not, not the best. But he doesn't have, like, a variety of pass rush moves. Like, he has no moves. Like, this is, I'm going to use my ath- my athleticism to just beat the fuck out of you. So if you stick him on, like, the inside run at three technique on, like, passing downs, uh, maybe, like, a 3-4 D end, uh, I think there's a lot to do with him. I do like the fit. He's going to, he's going to be with, uh, he's going to be on the Green Bay Packers. They run that 3-4. But they have, uh, what's his name? Uh, Freaking... Former Cleveland Browns coach, and I, I right when I became a fan, I, I hated. Yeah, uh, he, what's his name? God damn it, I can't remember his name. I should have wrote it down. Should have prepped. Uh, I'll remember it in two seconds. God damn it. Uh, anyway, they, they run a lot of uh, it, former uh, Rex Ryan protege, and they run a lot of man coverage concepts, but a lot of you know we Team? want what Patton, yes, Patton. Patton. Uh, run a lot of man coverage, and the safety is a very big portion. Uh, has a very specific role in that defense. And guess what? Their other first round pick, they got a safety, Darnell Savage, traded up to get him, twenty one. Uh, that guy's athletic freak as well. They went all athletic freaks here. Yeah, and Savage, um, was considered the best safety in the draft by a lot of people. Um, but like back to Rashawn Gary, one point, uh, a, a very good comparison I read is he is a more talented, more athletic, but still this year's version of Arden Key, uh, who the uh, Oakland Raiders drafted out of LSU last year because the guy had a lot of – he was athletic, he was talented, but there was just so many risks there, like red flags there. Well, I think Arden Key had way more red flags. Right. Um, That's 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 why he went in the third round. Right. I know what you're saying. As far as – Arden Key, I think – honestly, I think athletically speaking, he came in underweight – um, very much so. With, with Rashawn Gary, he's a big guy, man. He's he's like two eighty. He he's a like I said, just a monster of a man. Uh, and he went in the first round, so there's a difference in value there. If you're taking a risk on a guy top fifteen versus taking a risk on a guy in the third round, uh, he is way more. I, I think 
Again, I think he wins more off of pure athleticism. He did get a lot of double teams. Like, there were guys just trying to stop him. Thing is, he just doesn't have a way of really even... Like, you're going to the NFL, again, does not have, like, a... You know, doesn't have, like, a, a go-to pass rush move beyond the bull rush. Uh, not a lot of counters there. You're right, he can bend a little bit, but he does, his hips are not that loose, though. Right, I think... It... Like I said, get him up on a guard, man. Get a, Rush him at three technique... And you're going to go ahead and have him bull rush a guard, and he's going to take that guy right back to the quarterback. But, like, this isn't me saying he won't pan out because he could be very coachable. I don't know. But I just think if you if you don't have the fundamentals, if you don't have the techniques, if you're not versatile, it's really hard to be successful in today's NFL. Uh, he's much more talented than the guy we drafted uh, the same year we drafted Derrick Henry, uh, the dude out of Clemson, Kevin Dodd. Yes, I remember him. Yeah, Kevin Dodd was big. He was athletic, and he only had a bull rush, and he was he's not even in the NFL no more. Yeah, I was shocked because they released him, what was it, last year? Yeah. he Well, no, he didn't even show up for fucking training camp. Yes, I remember that. I, and I actually was kind of a fan of Kevin Dodd um, coming out. But Darnell Savage is, he is. Athletic freak. Uh, it was at four three eight forty. Just, uh, it, you know, you can, very good in coverage Near the line of scrimmage, I think they're going to try him at free safety. He's good at everything. He's got good closing speed. He's a ball hawk, but he can also be in the box. And yeah. Run. He is going to, because they have Amos as well. Yeah, well, Adrian Amos is probably going to be more in the box. Uh, yeah, that was he's more of his role. Strong. Yeah. yeah. I do think they want to try him at free safety. Also, because that's kind of how you get the real value out of safety is to try him at free safety. And free safeties tend to have more value, especially if you're running a lot of single high. This guy, like I said, he's very athletic. Um, we went over him a bit in our pre-draft uh, safety and cornerback show, and I was a little bit higher on him than our defensive backs guy. But this, uh, I, I like the pick. I I kind of like the pick better than Rashawn Gary. I, I don't think you're he's going to be able yes, to match up yeah. in man coverage a lot better than than your typical slot uh, slot corner slash safety hybrid. So if you're having a man up against people, going to be great. Uh, like you said, good feel for coverage. I, I, I'm very impressed with that pick. The other pick I really like, again, like their first three picks are very interesting picks. Real quick, though, before we get to the third pick, I'm sorry. I know you're on oh, no the show. But no, no, so, no. Just be, be willing to slow me down. I'll go ahead and pick it back up. So, but I like that you said that you liked it better than Rashad Gary. And I did, too, and this is why. I think Savage is more suited to be a day one starter. Yes. Rashawn Gary, as talented as he is, I don't think he's more suited to be a day one starter, but I don't think he really has a choice because Green Bay no longer has Richardson. They no longer have Matthews. So he has like he's more likely to start day one, not so much after uh, out of his just Well, they did sign Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, so they'll have a couple of edge rushers there that are going right. to be available. He's not going to have to shoulder a, that big of a load, yes. but at the same time, I don't think he's going to be able to... And they still have Mike Daniels, so that's, they'll at least have players around him to build off of. And I think Mike Patton, Mike Patton was used to coaching. Was he there when Mo Wilkerson was there? And keep in mind, oh, Mo sorry, Wilkerson's yeah, still a, a free agent, so they could yeah. still sign somebody. I meant Wilkerson, not Richardson. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, uh, Richardson was uh, on the Vikings, yeah. and he's uh, now on the Cleveland Browns, which we'll get to guys, in the next episode. All those Jets guys, I get confused. but Yeah, well, they just had so many Dean Lyman. All they do is draft Dean Lyman. Besides, That's all they do. Uh, besides, and they end up being good players. Besides homeboy out of USC. Oh, uh, Leonard. What was it? Leonard. Oh, Leonard Williams. Yeah, the only reason I know that is because I had to do, they did their um, 
salute to service game with the Panthers, and I mm-hmm. got I I got to run out on of the tunnel with the defensive lineman, and like Leonard Williams gave me a hug and picked me up. <laughs> The dude is massive, bro. Like, oh, you, yeah. You never forget when somebody that powerful embraces you. I was terrified. But he's <laughs> a dope-ass guy. But, yeah, no, I, um, Rashawn Gary, man, I hope, I hope he pans out. Not because I'm a Packers fan. I'm really not. But I never wish bad upon players like this. I just – first-round draft picks, especially of that caliber, they're so fragile. Yeah. Right? Like – you want a if, good return on your investment, right? It, some of these guys, some of these guys, they're like Miles Garrett. When you guys drafted Miles Garrett, that guy was ready for the NFL to start. Oh yeah, right away. Rashawn Gary isn't at that level, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's not a knock on Rashawn Gary, man. I think he could be a very good player. I'm just, I'm just saying, right now he's not ready to be that dude, you know. And if he's out there, if if he's playing, if he's getting more playing time than he should at this juncture of his career. And he's not meeting the bar that that he thinks he should be at, or that you know the quote unquote experts think he could be at. You've seen it a lot of times with these first round draft pick type guys that it messes with their head, right? Yeah, and it can cause you know just, he just could like, absolutely be a bust. I I think he's really high on himself. I know he's high on himself coming in. Dude was like, yo, I'm the best pass rusher in this class. And, and it's like, dude, you're not even the third best. That's a problem, though, because you see that. So, like, we can Sorry. Get, <laughs> he's going to find me eventually. Like, look no, at Barkevious Mingo. Look at Kevin Dodd. Look at all these guys who went, you know, high. Athletic freaks who, yeah, if you don't have the right coaching staff in place, that's why you have to look at your ability to develop. There's some teams that are good at developing certain positions. I thought this guy would have been great on the Seahawks because the Seahawks have been great at developing two positions, defensive backs and defensive line. Right. And that's where I kept on thinking this guy was going to go, and he didn't even make it to them. Yeah, I thought Houston, like, if he made it to Houston, I thought they were going to take him, but they, they took. Oh, I didn't think they were going to take him at all because they needed offensive line. Yeah, well, and... I thought they were going to trade Clowney, that's why. Yeah. But, um, no. So, it's just, it's it's not a seasoned coaching staff. you got a first-year head coach who's an offensive-minded head coach, yeah. right? But Petten, he's been around the game for a while, so... Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. They kept the whole defensive staff. So when Lafleur came in, uh, they actually kind of discussed this when he came in, and they said, "Hey." Odd because defense was their we- has been their weakest point for. Well, Patton was just a brand new hire, and right. they did much better last year on defense right. and by switching to his scheme. Yeah. Well, yeah, they drafted a lot of defensive backs. Now they got an edge rusher. They got another defensive back. It seems like they're building up that defense to you know the Jair Alexander did really well last year. Uh, I, I like some of their other picks that they had in the past couple of drafts with Josh Jackson. Darnell Savage, best safety in this pick. But if you had to guess two years from now, mm-hmm. who is the better safety, Darnell Savage or HaHa Clinton Dix? Well, two years from now? Two years from now. Ooh. I, well, I think ha- the difference there is HaHa Clinton Dix probably needed an extension, which they weren't going to be giving him. But, um, he was very talented. I think the upside with Darnell Savage could probably be they're basically replacing Ha Ha Clinton Dix with a more well-rounded guy. Yeah, but Ha Ha Clinton Dix has shown that he's NFL talent. Yes, right? and a good free safety. Where does and he play now? He's now on the Bears. That's right. So really? they just really? swapped safeties. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, I did not know he went to. He went there on a he went there on a nice deal, four million dollars. Man, they got him cheap. Why? Because he wanted to go to a winning team, and he felt like that was a winning team. That's a scary defense, man. But it's not always a trick that pans out. And they're also – they lost Vic Fangio, which was the reason why that defense got a lot better. Well, yeah, that's true because they have an offensive-minded head coach. But whenever you put somebody 
like Khalil Mack. Yeah. On that, it's going to get better. They they have a lot of talent on the side of the ball, but we're on their rival right now. Yes. Uh, so we talked about. Gary and Savage. I like the second-round pick. Eggleton Jenkins, man. This guy can be both in a, a zone-running scheme, also can play uh, probably more well-rounded than uh, Garrett Bradbury, who went before him. That's the guy from Texas A&M, right? Uh, Garrett Bradbury? He went to uh, actually went to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, but he's from... That's NC State. Okay, who is the center out of A&M? Oh, Eric McCoy. Yes. He actually, Eric McCoy probably lined up more similar to uh, Eggleton Jenkins, whereas they're more versatile. Right. Um, Eric McCoy played more guard, too, if you were trying to stick him in a guard instead of center. Uh, Eggleton Jenkins uh, probably going to end up either taking over for uh, Corey Lindsley or they're going to play him at guard as well. Uh, uh, Difference between Bradbury and Eggleton Jenkins. Eggleton Jenkins probably can also fit in a gap power scheme, can pull just a little bit more, uh, I think, scheme diverse of a center slash guard prospect and i like him because they're probably gonna either put uh they're gonna probably get rid of one of their offensive linemen after this year i know they're going into a contract year on one guy they're entering the last two years on lindsley maybe they can get a good uh trade out of one of their offensive linemen they also signed billy turner that team and that team's always been built around o-line and a lot of good pass blocking o-line which is what they've always focused on eggleton jenkins was probably the best pass blocking center in this draft no, yeah, well, I mean, center's usually a... More of a... Ru- you want to focus more on the run blocking, yeah. I understand well, not that. not only that, but it's just a shallow talent pool. Usually every draft, you're going to get two or three guys that are worth a high draft pick. You know, it's not like defensive back or edge rusher where there's a litany. But, no, this was a guy I was actually hoping the Titans would pick up, you know, me being a Titans fan, because we got a lot of flack at the guard, but I watch every game intensively and I always thought center was a weak spot so he was somebody I was really hoping we'd get in the second round him or um, McCoy as well but no he he's a good pick he's a very good pass rusher when you're on a team and Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback you're obviously going to be looking to throw the ball more yes right that's your winning formula and you got a, a a quarter or excuse me a head coach who's very big on schemes, you know, that's yes. what he's known for. Well, he's, yeah, especially this is more of an outside zone rushing scheme. So, uh, you know, again, like I said, Eggleton Jenkins uh, is very scheme diverse as far as a run blocker goes, like uh, as opposed to Bradbury, which everybody was saying that, you know, the the Packers might take Bradbury. Because, again, you're looking for players that can fit Lafleur's scheme. Lafleur comes from that Shanahan, McVeigh scheme, a lot of outside zone, inside zone. Eggleton Jenkins can definitely do that. Right, and it's not Elk, just... Elkleton. Elk, I can never going to say his name correct. I'm sorry. That's wow. a weird way to spell it. I'm just going to say I'll just keep Jenkins, Elkleton. Just That's, yeah, Jenkins. probably a better way of just doing it. I, why even say the first name? Yeah, fucking nobody else does. What does the jersey say? By Jenkins. Way, how do they get their names on their jerseys? Do you think it's kind of... <laughs> that's a, that's a shout-out to Quinn. He's not here. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you have anything else you want to say on Jenkins? Uh, uh, no, it's, uh, other than with people like LaFleur, right? So f- when you're that scheme heavy, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily who is the most gifted player. Yeah, It's who is the most fitting to your system. And I think they... They found a guy who fit right. for him. Fit for them in the second round. There was probably three or four centers that were really good to pick in this draft, and they found one of them. Uh, two guys, there's two more guys on this team I really want to talk about that they drafted. Jay Sternberger... Uh, athletic tight end out of Texas A&M, very versatile. 
Uh, I think this was the guy, that, like, if you didn't get one of the top tight ends, you were happy grabbing this guy, and you can maybe, you know, you don't have to worry about starting him right away. You're getting him in the third round. And then Kingsley Kiki, I kind of, I, I like very, uh, again, another athletic uh, D-tackle, uh, play one technique or three technique. Um, kind of, I was happy with those picks. And the rest of their day three picks, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't super high or low on. Yeah, that's just standard. That's part of the course for the NFL in general. Yeah. Other than what you guys did, which we'll get into next episode. Yes. But, um, so, yeah, Sternberger, good pick. Um, most, like, the, the two top tight ends were both from Iowa. Yes. In this draft that everybody was talking up. But this guy, man, this guy was getting ranted and raved about. And I see why, man. He's very athletic. He's very intelligent. He's very versatile. He's more of the modern-day tight end where he's more of a pass catcher than a blocker. But he's actually very good at blocking as well. And... What this tells me is that Jimmy Graham's got one year left in Green Bay. I like Jimmy Graham had one year left two years ago. He's yeah. been he's been on his way out. But as long as you can still, you know what it is? It's tight end has become that position. Like uh, like you know, you see Antonio Gates. If you can still do it and you can still catch and you can still get open, yeah. Though and uh, uh, Witten as well and Greg Olson. Like we're getting a lot of these older tight ends who've managed to stay in the NFL because they're not expected Delaney to be. Walker. Delaney Walker, yeah. they're not expected to be super athletic and run blocking. They can still end up doing so as long as they're still willing to do those two things. Oh, you know, be uh, an outlet. Let me go ahead and throw the check down to you. You know, maybe you know, you know, and you you can't teach size. You can't teach somebody to be taller. And those guys are all very tall right. and know how to catch a ball. So. Well, not so much Delaney, but he's very yeah. Delaney fast. Walker is he the is, one that wasn't. He's faster. He's faster than the rest of them. Yes, but there's but, a guy in this draft, and we're going to talk about later, who kind of reminds me a little bit of Delaney Walker. Right, but uh, Jace out of A and M, he's um, he's getting there because he doesn't have to start right away. He yes. does not have to start right away because Lafour scheme hard to learn they want to give him time to learn they want to get him to hopefully developed from a guy like jimmy graham because mm-hmm. jimmy graham one you're right he's on his way out he's expensive and he's injury prone right yeah so they got a guy that can maybe be productive enough while they're there plus giving him a year to get chemistry with aaron Rodgers to learn the scheme to stay healthy and to just yeah he's in a developmental role He's going to hopefully produce third-round pick. You hope you hit on it. And you, what you really want to do is, again, you, especially pass catcher, tight end. Tight end's one of those positions. They don't translate right away in the NFL most of the time. It takes a lot of them more than a year. Even Gronk, you know, is you know probably the best first-year tight end. Wasn't, you know, wasn't Gronk of now, oh, well, of last, the later years of his career. It was, you know, it's it's a transition period position. It's a very underappreciated position. Yes. So a lot of people, they a lot of the time, depending on what your style is, they just pick up anybody who fits. Yes. Right. Unless you get like, there, there's a reason why there's so few highly touted tight ends in the NFL. Right? Yes. Like it's a, p- a position I love personally because I know, like, I, I love throwing to them in Madden and shit, but. Finding somebody who fits both, who can do the run blocking and right. be a solid pass catcher, can run solid routes. They don't make those a lot of the time. They just don't. If you're that athletic, we don't want you run blocking right. half the time in college. If if you don't believe me how important tight end is, there's a reason linebackers are getting lighter and faster. Yes. Because of how athletic tight end is. But no, I, th- I think he could be very Matchup good. position, man. That's yes. what it is. It's a matchup. Exactly. I think, he, I think he's going to be very good. Uh, especially for Rodgers and LaFleur. 
He's he came from an offensive minded school, mm-hmm. and he performed excellently. I think as long as it, I just I, I don't know I like it a lot, right? Yeah. And this is just like on the last episode when when, when we went over personalities of a team. The Packers are an offensive-minded team. Ironically, they took two defensive guys in the first round, but this is still... Well, you don't want to lose your games. That's what it is. Yeah. is you have Aaron Rodgers, and you have a, you drafted a bunch of receivers last year. Your mindset now, we got to make sure we don't lose games on defense. And we're going to get as much defensive talent as we can, and we're going to build around that, and we're going to try to win our games, and we're going to outscore you. And, you know, they went and grabbed an offensive lineman. They went and grabbed a, a tight end. They got a lot of athletes, a lot of guys who are going to, you know, hopefully explode at their positions and be, if they hit, they're going to be the top end guys. So I, I like what they did here. Very, uh, could be a high variance draft, but I, I like what they did. Uh, you want to move on to the Detroit Lions? I mean, I guess. <laughs> not not a huge fan of their draft. I never am, man, other than when they drafted a guy I went to high school with that one time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they drafted T.J. Hawkinson at uh, pick eight in the first round. Tight end out of Iowa. Like him, I was shocked he went this high, man. I was re- like, I know everybody said he was going to go high, but they said that about O.J. Howard a couple of years ago. And, what, like 20th? Yeah, so. 18th, I think. Yeah, they, they say this every year. Oh, this guy's so great. It's a oh, can't-miss prospect. And, again, tight end's a position that requires transition. We just talked about this with Jay Sternberger. Now you're talking about getting a tight end in the first round. You better hope he he translates because hey, didn't they miss? Didn't they kind of miss on their last uh, tight end they took in the first round? Yeah, who's excelling in Indianapolis right now? Yeah, now Indianapolis has themselves a, a sweet deal with this tight end who you know is just scoring touchdowns left and right. I, so here's the thing, man. Like we just talked about tight end about how it's important, but it's not that position that. You're, you're it's not, still kind of a luxury position. Like a, yeah, like I, it's kind of weird to go back and forth on that. One minute we're saying it's such a great pick, it, it is, but, but the not, value first round pick you want your guy to come out and play right away. We don't know, you know. T.J. Hawkins probably will, but uh, you know, you just you're always a little worried with that. And uh, listen, I know the guy can run block. I know he's a great oh, he's pass good. catcher. He's very good. But the thing is, you, you got to pick in the top ten. Right? Yeah. If you have, if your team has a pick in the top ten. Not, you sucked somewhere. Yeah, yeah, not based off of a trade that happened a few years ago or the last year. It, it, you earned a top ten position. If that's it, you want to coin it, that it, it's tight end isn't the position that got you that top ten pick. You have weaknesses elsewhere. Yes, right. But if you want your first pick to be a very talented tight end, something that you think will benefit. Matt Stafford with that Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay duo. Yes, right. Then you could trade down to get this guy. Right? I think the the Lions had openly said they were willing to trade down, and nobody was bi- uh, biting. So I bet you Washington would have. Washington is lucky they got Haskins at fifteen. Yeah, and they are ecstatic they did. But if you said, "Hey, well, well it's all about value." Everybody, right. everybody has their own value chart. Even if everybody says that the league has their, uh, like, I, you can still see there's certain teams that they say they want to trade down. They never almost do in the first round because it's the the value. They don't see the value in it. I just so and I think there would have been other teams that would have taken Jay Sternberger in the top eleven or top ten, so or top twelve. Like I just think Jay Stern, uh, not Jay Sternberger, uh, T.J. Hawkinson, yeah. they would have taken him in the top fifteen. So I don't. They might have been a little worried about not getting their guy. They like where they got him. Keep in mind, Patricia came from New England. They're used to having a, a, a tight end that's uh, that plays in an elite level. Yeah, because who they have last year it was uh, 
old boy from Seattle, right? Wilson. Yeah, Luke Wilson. Yeah. They just signed Jesse James, who's kind of a you know a, he's developed pretty well as a as a tight end, but he's more of a tight end too. He's not the guy you want yeah, being he's... as your primary. Neither was Luke Wilson. So uh, just, I'm not know, a huge man. fan of their whole draft in general, no, but I think it's I. but you pick guys who you think are going to fit your team and fit those roles right. Uh, I I do think they did try to fix some of their holes in free agency. So I think they saw this as, hey, this is the best guy on the, on the the board. We think he's a starter tomorrow. We think he's the best pick that we can make here. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I I think there was probably more positions of value there. I'm just I just don't under like I'm not saying he's not going to be good. I think he's going to be good. Yeah. I'm just saying though, like at pick eight. You could, you could. Have but this wasn't him. even the only pick that I would object to. Like the uh, oh, Jelani Tavai, uh, he's a solid blitz backer. Very uh, like. Uh, he's not a number forty-three pick, though, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, I wasn't a huge. Like I, I know he fits that uh, Patriots scheme that uh, Patricia runs. Uh, solid blitz backer has a good feel for zone, but I just wasn't. You know, I, I wasn't blown away by the pick, especially at forty-three. Yeah, there was a lot of other players there that were probably way, way more impactful that you could have gotten. And just because you were worried you weren't going to get them in the next round or you weren't going to, you know, that's why you build out a bigger board. But then again, this is coming from the Patriots system. Uh, Robinson seems to know how to get his guys and loves drafting linebackers. Robinson's us. Uh, and also Will Harris was an interesting one, too. Uh, I just, I think... Now, now everybody was expecting him in the third round. I don't hate it as much. No, a lot of people were expecting Tavai to go at the day three at the earliest, though. Yeah. Or, excuse me, end of day two, mm-hmm. early day three. Yeah. It's just, like, I'm not like I'm not an NFL GM, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to pretend that I am. I'm just saying, though, it's just... It just a lot of it comes it down to scheme, sense. especially with linebackers Who and safeties. Uh, DC and Detroit. Yeah. Well, it's Patricia or whoever Patricia's handed off the the reins to because, you know, he's Matt Patricia, so former defensive coordinator for the Patriots. Uh, I, I think with them though, they're probably looking at scheme and mindset and mentality. Uh, do you fit our scheme? Do you fit a role we want? And especially with linebackers, it's you know a position where some of it's mental. Oh, can you be the the quarterback of our defense? So I don't. I'm not going to totally rule it out. I'm not going to say it was the worst pick in the world, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, Will Harris, the safety at a Boston College, was another interesting one. Uh, not going to get lost in coverage. Can match up against tight ends. Uh, he, he's actually pretty solid at forcing fumbles. So he'll he'll. I, I think he's a solid pick. I think a lot of people again didn't think he was going to go as early, and I think there was a lot of other safeties I would have rather had. I would have rather taken Chauncey Gardner Johnson. At this spot, I would have taken Hooker. Deontay Thompson, uh, Amani Hooker. There's a lot of guys in that third round range. There's a lot of players left that they could have taken. They took a guy who, but again, it all comes down to maybe this guy won the interviews, maybe this guy won out on the board. Safety and linebacker in a lot of schemes, it's a it has a mental fit too. Right. Look, I don't want to be down on the lines too much. The one pick I really did like was Amani. Aurora, yes, the fifth round say. pick. I wasn't shocked that he fell more than people thought because Penn State players, they're very athletic. But, like, I, you saw with Troy Apke, dude blew up the combine last year. Was what did, did? Yeah, yeah. Tiny dude just blew up the combine. Just boom. Safety out of uh, Penn State. I don't think anybody's heard of him since. Yeah. Um, but this guy, though, like. Solid probably, athlete. 
There's also a lot of DBs this draft, a lot. A lot of, like, mixed opinion DBs, too. Yeah, because... Guys who, like, people felt all different ranges about. Yeah, like Rocky Sin. Oh, he's athletic, but, oh, he's not experienced. Yeah. Or, uh, but they went with the mindset. Oh, this guy's a wrestler. Can he do this? You know, right. so... Or the guy the Patriots took very solid in man. Jojo Juan Williams. Fucking gets beat over the top, you know? Yeah, the defensive backs had a lot of... Again, usually with defensive backs, it's scheme, it's fit, it's position, it's the... Uh, you know, did, how'd you interview? Are you a man? Did you, how are you in man like court? Patricia, yes. He's such a fucking, well, I think this fits their system really well. Coach. And I think he'll also develop him very well. You know, the, keep in mind, he was on the, the Patriots. They were, that was the team that developed Malcolm Butler out of nowhere. Fuck him. Um, they also got uh, Austin Bryan out of Clemson. He was kind of the lost, uh, forgotten Clemson defensive lineman. Uh, not as athletic or as impactful as his other brother, but still pretty good. And I think he'll he'll be a solid role player on that defensive line. And they've developed a lot of their defensive tackle talent, uh, like a Sean Robinson and uh, uh, another guy who they drafted last year. Who's the? They they just seem to pick up. They just keep on drafting these uh, big school D linemen. Uh, Sean Robinson, Alabama guy. Um, I don't remember who they got last year. It was. Uh, Deshaun Hand again, another one. They just they keep on bringing these guys yeah. in. They also just lost another one. So, well, they just lost uh, Ziggy uh, uh, Ansa, but they also just signed uh, Trey Flowers out of uh, out of uh, Boston, out of the Patriots. Yeah. So, so, well, yeah, and yeah, with with Matt Detroit, Matt, it's uh, not not like it's. But then again, you know what? Again, they're not in win now mode. Right. I I just don't think they make sexy picks anyway. Well, yeah, I mean they never they, make sexy picks. Like, do the Patriots? That's the thing. That's yeah, that's right. kind of where I was kind of going with. It. You know, sexy picks are not their thing. But Matt then Patricia, his first year was horrible. Like the players were complaining about him, things like that. But but I also think they went to go get guys who fit their scheme and right. system. You and saw it in free agency. You see it here in the draft. They got rid of a lot of people yes. last year. A lot of the people that were the ones complaining. Right. He's getting his guys, not necessarily just. Um, Talent-wise, but personality-wise as yes. well, right? And you know, do your job. He's gonna. It's gonna be uh, Patriots uh, NFC North right. Patriots. Uh, I don't really have much else to say. Oh, Isaac Nada, the unathletic tight end out of Georgia. Yeah, but he so he destroyed that combine in the opposite direction of what we were saying about before <laughs> Troy Apke. Um, Minnesota Vikings. You want to move on to Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, there's Detroit's not gonna. Yeah, it's, Detroit's depressing. Uh, drafted Garrett Bradbury in the first round because they needed offensive line like every they all they needed all the offensive line they can get. Solid center, outside zone scheme. They're doing the Gary Kubiak scheme now. He's in uh, Minnesota, uh, and they also got Irv Smith out of uh, Alabama in the second round. Tight end, H back role, solid dude. What do you feel about these top two picks? So I was. Um, I like I told you in the last episode, my best friend, Minnesota Vikings fan, right? So I, I'm obviously going to bounce a lot of what he thinks because as an outsider, our perspectives are always going to be different. Yeah. But I knew for a fact they needed to address offensive line early and often, which they did, right? But getting Irv Smith, he's a more talented, more I, don't, I shouldn't say talented, I should say athletic version of you know the tight end they have now, Kyle Rudolph. And I think this kind of solidifies 
you know, the very widespread opinion that that guy's going to get traded or released if they can't trade him. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I'm a bit, I really like Kyle Rudolph. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a good player. That's also a team that, like, needs cap space. So yes. clearing out some cap from Kyle Rudolph, getting an extra $7 million out of that. Um, I, I We talked about Bradbury before, uh, good for the zone blocking scheme because it comes out of uh, uh, NC State. Probably ran more zone blocking than anybody else in college football. No, I mean, it's just this is a team that's got so much talent at a lot yeah. of levels except the offensive line. Right? Yeah, and, and you can see they addressed it. They took a couple of extra picks on offensive line. Drew Samia out of Oklahoma, solid guard prospect. Best, this That was the best pick of their draft. Really? Absolutely, man. Because I, I don't want to hate on the dude because I'm going to be his fan, but the guy we drafted out of Charlotte, Nate, Yes, I, Nate Davis. I would have much rather have Samia. And really? He, yes, man. I think this guy is so talented. I think he's athletic. I think he he doesn't have the right positioning sometimes. Yeah. But what I mean by that is elevation, right? you got to be lower. I think sometimes he gets a little too tall. But the guy's very talented, very gifted, very coachable, and I think he's actually going to be uh, one of the best picks from this draft, especially for the value they got him at. I think they absolutely nailed it, man. Mm-hmm. They really, he's a solid opinion. guard. I think he. I, I think. I think value wise, he went. He was a great value. I think he was about like a. In, in my head, probably still third, fourth round pick. So they got a good value for him. And I think Garrett Bradbury was a solid pick. Alexander Madison was a little bit of an interesting one. I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't expecting him to go where he went. Uh, you know, I think they're probably, you know, Dalvin Cook injured a lot, uh, you know, had the torn ACL coming back from it, looked better at the end of the year, but, you know, they lost Latavius Murray. You got to grab another running back to go ahead and back him up. And they must have felt really good about Alexander Madison. Uh, I mean, I, they're not expecting him to start right away. He's, uh, he's, he's a backup, yeah. Yeah, he's a backup, and he's, I mean, to take a backup at round three is a little, uh, but... Rams did it, too. yeah. But Rams have a you know their whole thing their whole system built up around uh, Todd Gurley and a solid pass catching outside zone running running back, uh, probably what they're doing here. And then also, even though they drafted offensive linemen, that offensive line is still a foreseeable issue. Yes, and which is a lot to do with Dalvin Cook's, you know, struggles from last year as well as Murray. I mean, they need they, yeah they need that third down back or or that change of pace back and you know the guy's athletic he's he's fast he's he's talented he's got good vision but you know for i think he's a good pick for the role he is supposed to fulfill i just i wouldn't expect too much out of this run game this year Mm -hmm. unless the offensive line improves if the offensive line improves the run game will get better so and i i I actually very uh a very big fan of uh dalvin cook as am i uh Fucking athletic as hell, which is funny because his combine was not that great. But you know what it is? Combine isn't everything. It's a snapshot of what you're doing. It's not the not always the full picture. And we saw. I mean, keep in mind they had a different offensive line coach uh, uh, when he had a good uh, when he had the the first four games of his first season, his rookie year, where he was just doing he was doing really well. He looked like he was going to be you know competing with Kareem Hunt as far as uh, MVP uh, rookie candidates and then towards ACL. Uh, yeah, that's, that was heartbreaking because he was extremely talented, man. He, I mean, he still is, but that rookie year, it was really something special to behold because him, Kareem Hunt, and Fournette were all doing awesome, and I, I loved watching it. And then 
know, it just it sucks, man. Especially and Kamara. And Kamara. Well, Kamara, that, was, that rookie running back class was an interesting one. Yeah, but Kamara and Mixon didn't come on until, like, week seven. Yeah. Which, yeah. But they were definitely very well thought of. But, yeah, they, um... Not much else. Uh, you know, Marcus Epps wasn't a huge fan of. Marlon Watts. A lot, of, a lot of, like, random, like, dart throws on day three. Not, like, guys who I was really high on on day three. They just seem to be trying to throw... You know, like, all right, Boyd, we'll go for this guy. Oh, we'll go for that guy. The only one I'm very extremely familiar with is Dylan Mitchell out of Oregon. Obviously, I'm wearing a fucking Oregon jersey. <laughs> but um, I'm just going to be honest here. At Oregon, I loved him. I absolutely loved him. I think he should have stayed another year because he has he's not the best route runner. He doesn't have the best hands, and nor is he a big guy. Mm-hmm. He drops a lot of passes. But... If he catches the ball, you know, he can get open. He's fast enough to get open. He's smart enough to find the open space. Uh, He's very good in the open field with the ball. So I don't know if he'll make the starting 53. He might be a practice squad guy. But if he does make that 53, it's going to be as a special teams guy most likely or just that, that random wide receiver that comes in every now and then. I think they're looking to move on from the guy they drafted out of Ole Miss a few years ago. Oh, Laquan Treadwell? Yeah, because he's just... He's been nothing. And luckily, they, they had a lot of hits with uh, Diggs and Thielen uh, since drafting that guy. Yeah, that's a that's a very good one. one top five, arguably, one-two combo. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, that's a great wide receiver core when you have those two. Um, yeah, there was no... Uh, Armand Watts I wasn't a huge fan of. The rest of these guys uh, kind of, like I said, it's firing always... off your shot. Especially sixth, seventh round, you're just trying to see what you can land. Uh, one last team, the Chicago Bears. In a, they didn't have a pick in the first round thanks to uh, Mr. Khalil Mack, and they didn't have a pick in the second round thanks to Anthony Miller, because they trade up to get Anthony Miller last year. And I guess fifty percent of Khalil Mack is that first round pick. Uh, I'm thinking an arm, a leg, and maybe an eyeball. I'm gonna tell you right now, I would take Khalil Mack over everybody the Raiders got in the first round. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not uh, patent. I, I don't. I didn't hate the Oakland Raiders draft. I didn't love it either. It was kind of a mat draft. But, but we're I, not talking about them. I love Khalil Mack. I though. yeah, Khalil Mack, so, elite player. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think they re- fully replaced him. But they could have. They co- They totally could have. They didn't. They could have uh, utilized their. Um, we're not getting into the Oakland Raiders. We're talking about the Chicago Bears. And uh, I like the the first pick, David Montgomery. I know they trade away Jordan Howard for nothing. Yeah, but I think part of it was he just can't catch the ball and doesn't really fit in that system very well. I think David Montgomery, uh, better pass catcher, kind of profiles more like Kareem Hunt. Very good uh, contact balance, I mean, solid runner. Probably was like one of the top three running backs in this class, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which I mean, wasn't a great class yeah, running backs. So wasn't like not, that's why not the best. Yeah. But um, what was I going to say? Like, a big thing for me is team identities, right? Every team needs an identity. All the successful teams have an identity. Yes. All the struggling teams don't have an identity other than the fact that they're bad. The Chicago Bears, they're very similar to what the Los Angeles Rams were two years ago. Because remember, the Rams moved from Fisher to McVay, right? They went from being bottom dwellers and a laughing stock to this, oh, my God, this team actually could be something. Yes. Right? They made it to the playoffs. They got knocked out in the first round. But their identity was offense. The Bears was defense. They got this talent on the side of the ball that they wanted to have an 
identity as, right? Much like Jared Goff performed unexpectedly, so did Mitchell Trubisky. I think it was more scheming. They did get a, an offensive-minded head coach in Matt Nagy. They also have a very good. Well, I don't want. To they say lost Vic good. Fangio as their D coordinator. Now they have Chuck Pigano. Right, but their offensive coordinator was um, like uh, Mark Helfrich. Yes. Right, head coach of Oregon when they went to the national championship. Now, Mark Helfrich is a guy that I absolutely despise, mm-hmm. right? Because he ruined my college team very much so. But he's a protege of Chip Kelly, right? He. He had quarterbacks underneath him, like Marcus Mariota, even though Marcus Mariota was recruited by Kelly, right? Yeah. Had him had him in his uh, Heisman year and everything like that. So he, he was able to help out Mitchell Trubisky enough, but also Mitchell Trubisky had a lot of help around him, such as Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson. And you saw they went away from Jordan Howard at the end of the year last year because, again, you need a guy who can catch. Matt Nagy's, def- uh, Matt Nagy's mm-hmm. offense right now, with uh, Helfrich at the helm, uh, they're, they want everybody to be able to catch. They want everybody to be a mismatch weapon. You saw it when Nagy was with the Kansas City Chiefs. They liked movement. They liked kind of getting you off your spot. They liked uh, you know kind of diverting the linebacker's eyes. They wanted to go ahead and use a little bit of that, like we're going to be a little bit deceiving with how we're going to run our offense. And you see, he scripts plays. That, like the first two drives of every Bears game, Seems like their offense, if it doesn't click in those first two drives, they're not going anywhere. Right. And he's, um, you know, the knock on Alex Smith was always that, oh, he's just a really good game manager, which is, you know, when with Trubisky, it's his rookie year or his second, second year. year, excuse me. It's but his, first year under that scheme. Yes, that's what I mean. It was his first year as a full-time starter, start, day one starter, because the year before they had fucking Glennon. Yeah. Right. But... It was – you're only expected to be a game manager at that point, especially for a team that's trying to be successful, and, and they did a very good job of that. And, you know, they're a, Nagy, he's always been that death by a thousand cuts guy, a war of attrition on the offensive side. Yes. You know, successful, whereas just one big blow like the Rams are. And they've got the talent around for him to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and they even boosted that by drafting Riley Ridley in round four. Another Brother pick of, that I like. Yeah. I think these first two picks I liked a lot. Riley R- Riley Ridley, solid receiver. You're right. Uh, you were saying. Um, uh, Brother to Calvin Ridley right. of the Falcons. Sorry, not as I interrupted talented, you. Not as probably going to be expected as much, right? But he's still a very talented. Good hands, solid route runner. Like probably one. Of, uh, and a lot of people had him as uh, one of their favorite receivers coming out. Solid route runner. Um. I uh, probably one of the top five route runners in this class. Uh, not a huge guy, but a big guy. Kind of actually, you know who kind of profiles to Jarvis Landry, uh, and I, I think that's probably going to end up being you know. But I think he could play outside. I, you know, Jarvis Landry has played a bit outside, but usually has most success from the slot. Yeah, because he's so creative. Uh, yeah, and uh, getting him in space and getting him to move, and you know, it, it's the side to side capability. And the being able to utilize space uh, of a slot receiver, I think Ridley can be both a, a flanker and a and uh, a slot receiver. I, I think he's going to be a very solid addition to this offense. And when you only have, you know, your first picks in the third round, and you have two picks in the top one hundred and fifty, and you get a, a solid running back who's going to probably be your day one starter, and a solid receiver who can fit in three receiver sets. I think they did really well, man. No, they did, especially because Riley Ridley's not going to be, you know, probably. He's not going to be the main focus no. of that uh, of that offense because they have Allen Robinson, they have Tariq Cohen, they have uh, Taylor Gabriel. 
They also have Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller. They also have uh, homeboy uh, Trey Burton. Trey Burton, yes. Yeah. I, I, f- fantasy-wise, I thought he was going to be a bit bigger last year. A lot of people did. Yes. Uh, I, and now you're getting a second year in the offense for everybody. So that's usually when people start clicking more and more. You saw, I, I, I mention this all the time. Uh, Matt Ryan, first year in Shanahan's offense, was a joke. Second year in Shanahan's office, it's about much better. So I think you're going to have a little bit more consistency. And you see with the best teams, the more consistency they have, the better they do. The, the only concern I have is just because it's a noticeable trend in the NFL. Yes. Is um, these young quarterbacks. Like I said, it was Trubisky's second year, but it was his first year as a starter in that system. They're keeping Trubisky and they're keeping the same system. Yes. Once these people start to get some film on you, they kind of scheme for you a little better. And I, I'm not sold on Trubisky, i got to be honest. I think he kind of is on that. I'm in the I'm in purgatory with him. He I'm not sold on him either, but I'm not. A, I'm not I haven't. No, I don't think anybody's. I don't think anybody's throwing him away. I think everybody's kind of looking at him in that holding pattern because he he looks like he could easily be Blake Bortles or he could be. Um. I I think a maybe a bit smarter Blake Bortles, and I think his high upside version of him is probably. I think it's like maybe Alex Smith. Right, because like, he 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 locks his like uh, his front leg when he goes to throw the ball. He yeah. doesn't get enough power on sometimes, and he doesn't always know how to read the field. And I think that's going to come with more experience. He also forces plays, which a lot yes. of young quarterbacks do, right? But at the same time, though, like like we talked about earlier with Nagy and Alex Smith, Alex Smith was always known as a talented game manager. But at the same time, Alex Smith has been in the NFL for a long time. Yeah. And was anybody ever really sold on Alex Smith? No, they always said he's just a game manager, right? But how many times has the guy been to the playoffs? How many times has he been on a team that's been to the playoffs? It's true. Right? So I don't think they're expecting Trubisky to supplant Aaron Rodgers in the NFC North as the king quarterback. They look at him to be talented enough to win them games, and that's all that matters mm-hmm. to anybody, to a coach, a player, or anything. If you're playing the NFL to be the absolute best at your position in the NFL rather than winning championships the best way possible, then, you know, that's that's your prerogative. But I think Mitchell Trubisky is trying to be the best quarterback for his team yes, rather than – you know, the fantasy guy or the GOAT, whatever you want to call it. He wants to win. And I think that as long as he gets a little smarter and gets a little bit more fundamentally sound, he can be that. Well, and he also won a couple of games off of pure athleticism last year. Um, the guy can run. The guy can yes. run. Uh, he'll take off and, and book it. Again, that was Blake Bortles, too. Um, how'd you. How would you rank these four teams in this draft? Uh, the who do you think was the best in this division as far as their draft went? Uh, Green Bay, and then yeah, I think Minnesota. it's the rich. I think the rich staying richer with Green Bay. Uh, I liked their draft. Minnesota's. I wasn't super high on Minnesota. I think they just had to do what they did. Like they, it was, they needed to do it. They fixed some holes on their on their team. They addressed what they needed to. And I think Chicago look, did yeah. well too. Yeah, Chicago would probably for what they had. Yeah, for what they had, they did well. Detroit would be fourth, mainly because I don't agree with a lot of the picks or, or where they picked them, but I think overall they can do well. But, yeah, I would go Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, and Detroit. It's an interesting division. Anyway, so that was the NFC North. Uh, next episode we do AFC North, and we'll close out the, the, quick, the division. Though, this last pick for Chicago. Where the fuck is Valdosta State, bro? I have no clue. I've never heard of that shit, ever. Not one time. 
They some of these like late round picks, just yeah. small school guys out of nowhere. Shout out to Valdosta State, right? Definitely. Uh, you want to plug your uh, your Tumblr, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, just Instagram. D T H E E underscore Shane S H A N E underscore M C M. Right, big into sports, not just football, MMA, boxing. I'm also a local comic, is just like Walter and and the ghost Anthony Quinn. Right, guys, check me out. I'm always doing comedy, up and coming, man. Thank you very much. Go Titans. Fuck Jacksonville, Houston, Indy. That's it. So yes, uh, if you want, follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. At Brojo Death Punch, B R O J O, Death as in the end of life, and Punch, like uh, Quinn probably went to go do to somebody so he can get his money back. Uh, you can like, follow, subscribe uh, if you're on YouTube, uh, leave a comment if you, you loved Quinn's outfit today. Uh, and then you could also, if we're on, uh, if you're listening to us on a podcasting service like iTunes, rate, rate leave a review, subscribe. And uh, check us out next time. Speaking of Quinn and punching, don't cut his set short. He'll no, hit you. He'll no. hit you. How dare you? Woo, that turned into something. Ugh. All right, thank you. Have a good night. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to keep it.